I think this part of Tanya that we just learned is what sets apart Chabad from maybe all the other Hasidim, and for that matter, um, the rest of religious Jews in how we view someone who isn't religious. Many people view someone who isn't religious, doesn't keep Shabbos, um, doesn't, you know, uh, eat kosher. How do they view them? As wicked people. After all, they're doing acts of wickedness. And and this is the nuanced teachings of the Alter Rebbe. Is that, yeah, of course that's wicked. Not keeping Shabbos. Not keeping kosher. No question about it. For a Jew, that is. However, the individual you're talking about is someone who's not doing it deliberate. Even though they know. They know that this is the Jewish thing to do. But they're not, in, in today's day and age, no one is steeped in Jewish living in such a way that it's part of them. Even if they once even did it, and now they moved away from it, say, oh, there, we got that guy. Oh, that person wasn't steeped in it. And definitely not a scholar. How many Torah scholars that are steeped in Jewish living went away from Judaism today? Back in the day, maybe. There definitely were. But even then, not that many. Why are people not observing today? Because they were aware and they deliberately went against God. No. The, the pull of the outside world is so great and that the pull, the inside world of Jewish living was so weak that therefore their sin is considered not as deliberate, even though they may even somehow deliberately are doing this, it's not deliberate. It's not considered deliberate. It's um, not considered deliberate. That's, that's amazing. So therefore, since it's not deliberate, and as the term is used by the Rebbe Tinek Shanishba, someone who's been kind of kidnapped by Jewish, uh, the, the non-Jewish world around them. Um, as a result, we have only one obligation to them. Love. Love them because they have a Jewish soul, because they're Jewish. And that's the only thing you need to do. Again, I want to emphasize that others say, oh, since their actions are wicked, they're wicked. And we say, no, no, no. They're, the action is, is wrong, right? It's wicked in the sense that it's klipa, right? And it's definitely a terrible thing. But they're not wicked because it's not deliberate. Ah, they're aware and they know better. That's not really deliberate. Deliberate is that when you really were intimate with the teachings and steeped in it, Judaism in an intimate way, that now you move away from it. You know God, and you now are deliberately doing against him. In our day and age, there's almost no one like that. I, I would suggest maybe there might be literally no one like that. Even when someone thought that they're they are learned, you know, I know, and you know, 
I'm an Epicurus. No, 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 there's no, you're not an Epicurus. No, you just, you know, the pull of the world around you is so strong and the pull of your neshama and Jewish life is so weak and was probably always weak. And that's probably why you went away if you were ever engaged in it. So therefore, it's not considered deliberate, inadvertent. And therefore, what do we do? We just love loving peace, pursuing peace, loving creatures. Creatures, meaning that they're so lacking in, 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 a, in a godly life that the only thing godly about them is that they're a creature of God. And that person, love them. And maybe because of that love, not in, in some circles, they will express love. Why? Because it's a tool to bring back somebody to Judaism. So they become their chesed case, as uh, the term can sometimes, you know, that's my chesed, you know, I, I got to do chesed, I got to do kindness, so, you know, you're my case, you know. My caseload, you know, and I'm part of my caseload that I've got to go and, you know, fulfill because I've got, you know, responsibilities and I get reward for this. Some people do that in social work and they get the reward of a paycheck for dealing with the person, the people that they deal with. And here you get your your paycheck from God that you're going to get a reward for this. Even the Altadeva did mention that over here, but that's not the point. The point is that your relationship to this person is not to be kind to them so you as a means um, to an end that's a secondary point the reason why you are loving them is because they're your fellow Jew and as you love yourself you need to love them that was the beginning of the chapter here so just like you love yourself because of your soul therefore you need to uh, then now ipso facto that will become you will love this person because of their soul ah in their observance they're so far removed or removed at least that's not that's not what you look at you're not looking at that part of the person because that part of the person is not deliberate and it's considered inadvertent even though they may be considered you know considering themselves as deliberate in what they are um you know doing i know i got to keep shabbos but you know Hey, it's golf day. They don't really know. There isn't really, a, you know, it wasn't really something that's real for them. Or kosher, whatever it might be. This is what we need to do only because it's your fellow Jew, period. Now, as a result, perhaps you'll be able to have an effect on them. But that, that's a secondary thing. I, I don't know if secondary is the right word. Um, it's, uh, secondary is not the right word. It is the consequence. Because when you truly connect to a person because they're your brother, they're your sister, they're family to you. Why are they family? Because you share the same root of a soul. And from that perspective, you're literally, not figuratively, but literally family. Wow, that's inspiring to a person. Then perhaps you'll be able to draw them close to Torah in service of God.
Right? And if you didn't know that you did a mitzvah, you you did you did a mitzvah of just loving that Jew because they're of their Jewish soul. That's a very powerful and beautiful idea. Let us have some conversation on this. Let us have some conversation. Two question marks before you ask a question. And then ask your question that way I could see clearly. That's a question. So if I don't see, I guess there's clarity over here. Again, I, I do want to emphasize that this is unique. Because other Hasidic Jews, they will look at their actions as being wicked, and they're defining the person by the action. Now the Rebbe says, no, we can't do that. That's, in, that's inappropriate. That's incorrect. It's wrong. And that's where they make a mistake, a huge mistake. It has huge ramifications, huge ramifications. Others um, kind of put that person in a middle ground, not, you know, middle ground, potential. There's a potential here. There's a potential that maybe you can bring this person to Judaism, right? So, so they're looking at the person as a potential to bring them to Judaism. Because they're still defining the person by their actions or lack of actions, right? They're not defining them by their soul. They're defining them by their religiosity. Oh, a religious Jew. Oh, okay, wonderful. Now you're part of the group. <laughs> um, there's a potential that you might become religious, so we'll engage with you so we can bring you now, this has got nothing to do with your soul. It's got to do with your uh, observance, your commitment. And that, Galtarebbe is striking out. And that's why all the religious Jews need to learn Tanya. Just this chapter alone to set straight on how we need to look at another Jew. Sorry for so much more, but okay, I got some questions here. I just saw come up. Tavita, how do we deal with family members that are less observant and do not want to change? Love them. Talk about you changing them. They have freedom of choice. Love them because they're a Jew, period. And if they will see that it's unconditional, that love. Right, that's the issue with others. It's it's conditional. I love you conditionally that you know you do another mitzvah. You know, start keeping Shabbos and kosher, which is you know the basics. You keep the basics, so then you know, Mishalonu, you're one of ours. You're one of ours because um, of the Jewish soul that you have. So it's unconditional commitment. And unfortunately, it's uh, everywhere without learning Tanya. 
it's a conditional. It's it, it becomes conditional. Lori, growing up a similar, I was taught that Orthodox Jews wouldn't consider me Jewish. You're right. That's the problem. Exactly the point that I'm making. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, who are the creatures and how are they defined? Um, David's asking. Creatures meaning that they have no sort of uh, great value to them in, in their actions and their deeds and stature and so on. Except for the fact that God created them. And that kind of, uh, that's the, the, the sentiment. So this is what we're talking about. And this is the privilege that we have that as being connected to Chabad, whether we consider ourselves Chabadniks, friends of Chabad, learners from Chabad. Um, today, hopefully, we're all Chabad. <laughs> and we become the mouthpiece, as I mentioned earlier, Chavzayin Adar, today, 30 years ago, that the speech was taken away. So we need to be now the ones who continue the conversation, continue his teachings, his words, and to share with others, to bring other people into the classroom. That 30 years ago was the last time the classroom was held court. Held court. So... Um, and, and so it's, you know, our privilege that we can now be that mouthpiece and we can take this message. Very important message. Please share it with others today in honor of the Rebbe, in honor of 30 years. Um, now, if you don't know clearly how to share the message, maybe just share the class or maybe, hmm, yeah, listen to it again so you could share it is even better so you own it. It's yours, the message. You become a true messenger. Uh, Davida, my family is very tight-knit and loving, but we f fight on our level of observance. How do I deal with the negative comments about my observance level from them? Just let it slide. Let it slide. Smile, be happy. Know that you're serving Hashem and doing what Hashem needs from you. And, um, and, you know, don't let other people's problems be your problems. So if they have a problem with you, you know, it could be because um, they're feeling small in their own estimation because maybe they're not living up to what they could be in their connection to Hashem and observance. Jane, can it be considered loving a person when you consistently... Con Correct somebody when they continually do wrong. Mm. Yeah, continually cor correcting somebody is probably not a healthy, good thing to do in a relationship because at one point it goes on deaf ears. And not only that, there's probably a negative feeling towards the one who's always correcting. I would be careful with that and um, maybe stay away from that. Because, you know, but that's in therapy that we take that up uh, Sarah what if I upset a fellow Jew unintentionally but I still have this feeling that I want to help even if it's just a small way to help them feel and get that feel what 
Okay, listen, we're all going to make mistakes and, you know, we're going to fix it and move on. Don't, don't let it get you down. What if a person constantly doesn't treat you right? How do you find love for that person? Mm. Tomorrow's class. We'll address that. Yeah, tomorrow's class. We will address that. Good, great question, uh, Bella. Great question. But we will address it tomorrow, if you don't mind. Not that I'm using that as a ploy to get you back. <laughs> but it is in tomorrow's class. It is, indeed. Michael, please share. There's the story in the Gomorrah where uh, the man sees the uh, ugliest man in town and says to him, without having a bad in intention, you are so ugly. And uh, the man answers and uh, complains about uh, it at my creator. Right. As even I remember right, it's also the word uh, creature uh, written. Is this a uh, sign that when we only look at um, the, from the outside, because the, when somebody does mitzvah or does not mitzvah, it's like only like, if he looks good or if he doesn't look good and we doesn't see the potential he could get into. Right. Actually, one of the explanations that, uh, that Abba gives is that I think it's remember that by making such a strong statement to him, uh, it was kind of uh, helping him to own his uh, his life that he should recognize and he needs to be a vessel for God's um, for God in his life. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. Um, Okay, so Sarah continues her question, or just hopefully just give them a feeling of uh, going back slowly to the Jewish way they used to be, even if they're harsh to you. Yeah, so folks, you need to know that if you're more observant than, some, than someone who in the family, very often the family member will ridicule you, and you need to know that that's coming from a hole in their soul. It's not coming from the hole in your soul coming from the hole in their soul that they're feeling empty and you know when you look up to somebody who's greater than you you have two ways to look at them two basic ways one is you look up to them and you try to learn from them and emulate uh, things in their life so you could improve your life and that takes humility to do that right to consider somebody greater than you that you could learn from and gain from Ultimately, it should be from everybody, but that's a different story. Um, now, the other way that we often do is that what we do, uh, we cut down the person. We cut them down to size, so that way I don't look up, I don't need to look up to them anymore and feel uh, inferior to them in any manner. And now that all comes from an insecurity um, and with obviously a lack of humility. So, um, so we need to know that sometimes we're being cut down is because of the insecurity that that person is uh, experiencing, whether consciously or subconsciously, most likely subconsciously, and um, and they're not even aware of it, and therefore that's the way they act. Um, now, whether you need to make them aware of it, <coughs> excuse me, or not, that's a different, you know, conversation. 
But for ourselves, what's important to realize is that um, it's not about me and my uh, my lack. So, you know, don't don't take it personal. It's it's their issue. It's their their thing. So um, it's not necessarily about you. That's one level. Now, if you want to go deeper and you want to take it personal in a way that you can grow from it, fine. But not um, take it personal in a way that you are kind of brings you down. If it brings you down, then it's not for you. If you are strong enough to hear a message and know that that it's not coming from a good place, but for some reason God wanted me to hear those words. So take those words and in whatever way, in that manner that you can take it to use it as a catalyst for growth. That's great. But it's not, um, that's only if, if you yourself are extremely healthy and secure in who you are as in, in serving God. If you don't have that security, so then just know where they're coming from. I hope that's clear because that's um, that's actually a, quite a profound idea and a distinction on what to do in our lives when we're you know confronted with such people and uh, anybody who's engaged in their Judaism and doesn't come from a Jewish you know a, a family that is um, observant then you know this is often what's going to happen. Uh, John, if we approach every one of our fellows with great humility and love, does that not fulfill the mitzvah? Yeah, I mean, tomorrow we're going to learn more about where there is that instance, which would be very seldom in, in most people's lives, right? So, you know, where there is a element of hate, but that will be tomorrow. Yeah. That will be tomorrow. All right. Amazing. You're all amazing. And as I've said many times, and I say again, my inspiration. And I mean that. That you come day in, day out to learn Tanya. You know, listen, I got to do it because if I don't do it, you're going to think, uh-oh, where's the rabbi? What happened to him? <laughs> you know fall off the wagon <laughs> um, yeah folks our prayers to the Jews in Ukraine and the Ukrainian people at large and those beyond that are affected people in Russia Jews in Russia are now going to be affected because of all the sanctions and so on so our learning today and their merits and uh, please give some sadakats charity if you can help out um, that would be amazing actually through chabad.org they're collecting as a matter of fact i gave yesterday so if you can do that that would be great and uh, i'm sure we'll definitely help um, the lives there all right Order to continue. I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine coming to you from Chabad Zuchan Kadesh in Montreal, Canada. It's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you the Tanya. Have a wonderful day. Don't forget Rambam today at one o'clock. Thank you for joining. Be well.